everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How's it going, Bill? It's going, you know, pretty good. Uh, just living the life, having a have an okay week. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not, not a lot going on. I did. I went and saw a Hardcore Henry. How was that? I loved it. Great. It was great. It is the closest thing we're probably at this point ever going to get to a Crank Three. Oh well, then now I need to see it. Oh yeah, totally. It is. It is right in that right in that line. If you could, you could watch Crank, Crank High Voltage, and then watch Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. It feels like does like that. I said that perfect like successor. Those films. If, at the end, at the end of the night, this is no spoiler because we know this isn't true. But at the end of the film, if it was revealed that the the, the that Henry was Jason was a Jason Statham as Chef Chelios the entire time, I would my my dick would have broken off. <laughs> it just would have broken off. Yeah, it just shot through like a little like plastic missile from a transformer, just shot right out, pew, <laughs> and then get lodged in some kid's throat. Then I'd have to halt production and start gluing my missile in. That would have been perfect for you. And then years later, my dick would be worth a lot of money. Could be hard to find. Ha! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Zing! Zinger! So I highly recommend it. I I didn't ever have any issues of motion sickness. I felt there were moments where it was kind of intense. Like I was like, "Whoa!" Like a lot to take in. But I never got like that motion sickness feeling that mm-hmm. I get sometimes with like found footage films, or I did with uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, I remember that just because I read my review I made of Winter Soldier when it came out. Um. So, uh, yeah, definitely thumbs up, big thumbs up, big uh, thumbs sound- up. Soundtrack was great, directing was great. Uh, Charlotte Copley, who I always pronounce, you know, profess my love for, uh, he 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 just knocks out of the park yet again. Mm-hmm. That's best good. That's probably the movie, but just fine, which is fine because he's kind of like the lead of the film. Because you know, while yes, while the character Henry is kind of the main he's... character, you don't are actually seeing him doing. You're just like you're living his life. So Charlotte Copley is kind of like the you know actual main actor of the film. Does he speak? Nope. Okay, so he's Link. Yes. Okay. Because they, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil. I mean, I don't know. It takes like like the first two minutes of the film. It basically, he has no voice box. Like he's been rebuilt. You see that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But he, 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 but they're about to give him his new voice, and then they they don't get around to doing that mm-hmm. for for reasons that will be explained in the film. Uh, so uh, yeah, <laughs> big thumbs up for me. Definitely enjoyed it. I had a good time. Kicked that's, ass. That's good delivered, to hear. delivered everything. And I, as purely as a filmmaking nerd, oh Jesus Christ, some of the shit they're doing in this fucking film, and the fact that there's like all the stunts and stuff are just done, you know, straight up, no, uh, no CG, no, no wire work, no, no, a little, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be obviously some, but like most of the stunt, stunt stuff, like is literally a motorcycle driving through a van, then a van exploding. So the the guy with the, the GoPro in his head is on a crane that flight that you know picks him up off the exploding van and, and lands him on a motorcycle on the road. That's amazing. <laughs> like all this, just tons of great crazy shit like that. So check it out. Did pretty did, did decently. I did better than I you know. I think it came in like third. But I mean, hey, for giving that kind of film, making any money is good money. Mm-hmm. So I think word of mouth will definitely have it keep coming up at the theater. Uh, Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, over the weekend, you know, I was the Joker. I was all messed up. Um, are you down with the clown? I was down with the clown. Um, I sent everyone else that worked on the circus used condoms and rats and bullets. <laughs> and anal beads. And anal beads. Um, but it went really well. You know, I worked with a Batman who I never met before, but he was a he was a quality Batman. The suit looked fantastic. It did. Uh, the show went off without a hitch. Lots of good, lots of good acts. Lots of well-treated animals. That's uh, good. And uh, 
the uh, audience went nuts for all the Batman Joker stuff. You know, they went they went nuts, and uh, you want to get nuts? Like that's good nuts. They got nuts. Um, the fight turned out really well. It was just it was a good time. It was great to be a heel again. Let me tell you what, because it's been years since I've been the Goblin. Because like as soon as I was Spidey a couple times, Marvel Hour said, "Okay, so you're Spider Man now." <laughs> like and that that's been it. Like I've done other characters here and there. Uh, for meet and greets that nobody else is available for, like Iron Man or Captain America or Wolverine, but I haven't been a bad guy in years, and it felt so good to be a heel again. That's good. So, like, to get the booze and treat people like shit and be an asshole and then, like, and take all the hits to make Batman look like a super cool guy. Like, I was doing rolls, and whenever he dropped me, I would, like, flip in the air and, like, bang my feet off the ground just to make it sound I landed even louder on this ice. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it was great. It was really great. Awesome. And then uh and then I saw Batman v Superman again. Still a great film. Uh no, Steve. Even twenty twenty percent. Yeah. Uh uh saw it on a Tuesday in the afternoon. Theater was still almost half full. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. People still laughed at things that were supposed to be jokes. People still started clapping when Wonder Woman showed up, even though it was a Tuesday afternoon. And uh, uh my mother liked it and she doesn't like anything. But clearly according to the internet, I'm a fool and it's the worst movie ever. Steve, I mean, <laughs> the room has a thirty percent Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a lower actual like score. But Steve, 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 ah ha ah ha ah ha! Super sucks. I the one that gets me the most is that people uh, compare the uh, Rotten Tomato like scores between Sharknado and Batman v Superman because like Sharknado has a eighty percent or like a a seventy percent fresh tomato score and a Batman v Superman has a 29% tomato score. But then in the same image, if you look to the right at audience ratings, Batman v Superman has a 7.8 and Sharknado has like a 3. Um, <laughs> Steve, it only it only fits their narrative if it's the critics. Yep, clearly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter that you know the critics hated the thing when it came out or they hated Blade Runner. Yeah. They liked E.T. a lot. They didn't like the thing. We want to see. We want to see nice aliens, not evil aliens, fucking killing people. <laughs> I still cannot get over Morricone's score for the thing. Got nominated for a Razzie. Yep. Thing and Mother Dearest also got nominated for a Razzie. Fuck the Razzies, honestly. I'm sorry, Mommy Dearest. Sorry. <laughs> I know what you but, meant. Yeah, but fuck, fuck the Razzies in general. That's my general yeah, attitude. Yeah, fuck the Razzies. I hate the idea of the Razzies. Like, oh, let's. Sh-. Our entire existence is to just shit on things that people worked really hard on. Well, it's, it'd be one thing if I, I don't. Know, my my point my point on that is it'd be one thing if they actually shit on bad movies. There are movies that do get made that are inept, but a lot of time, but many years it comes up where they just shit on whatever like is popular to shit on. They don't actually go. Cause trust me, if people had real balls, they'd go after all the shitty fucking pure flicks movies that get made, mm-hmm. like the fucking like War Room or God's Not Dead, all those all that fucking garbage. But they don't go after it because those are Christian movies, and then they'd get targeted and be like, "Oh, you guys are being hateful against our religion." Like, no, you guys make shitty fucking movies. Yeah, can't Com- stand the heat. Get out of the kitchen. Yep, completely agreed. So they don't actually care about shitting on bad movies. They just want to. <laughs> They're basically just a bunch of trolls laughing. Just want a circle jerk. <laughs> Halle Berry showed up to get her razzy. <laughs> Take the hose to her. <laughs> Humiliate her more. So I I always took that as Halle outright basically saying, "This is how little your awards fucking matter, assholes." Or when uh shit, um 
I'm blanking on the actors. Uh, Sandra Bullock showed up with like a fucking wagon full of DVDs of the movie that she got nominated for. That's that's actually amazing. I didn't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure it was Jennifer Bullock. Uh, so, I'm oh, sorry, Sandra Bullock. Why am I saying Jennifer? Sorry, Durr. Sandra Bullock. A moment. Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Bullock. Jesus Christ, Steve didn't even correct me. So we clearly are idiots. So let's Wait, talk about Marvel news. We're both idiots. So let's talk about idiot movies. <laughs> yeah, burn. Uh, where's the bunch Razzies of, of, for Marvel? Bunch of, bunch of fanboys here. Fan bunch of D- DC cucks. I didn't think I'd pop Steve that hard at that one. Well, it's it's funny because I I hate um the blind Marvel fanboy so much, and I also hate, like, MRAs so much, and the fact that you made that statement made me realize how similar they are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, big news for this morning. Hey, we're actually recording an episode where a lot of stuff's happened. Normally, we record That's weird. And, and the next day, it's like, here's trailers, dudes. <laughs> oh, thanks, jackasses. Why can't you, like, work around our schedule? You know, movie films of Bill and Steve. We only have tens of listeners. <laughs> tens! Literally tens of us! Yeah. Unless you're Jason Statham, uh, Hurts People Part 2. In which case, you have hundreds and hundreds. I don't understand. Every week there's more. <laughs> but, uh, I wish to... they would listen to our other episodes, at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve. No one gives a shit about Walt Disney. <laughs> except, except you. And like, kind of me. Uh, so first we got the uh, trailer to Doctor Strange, the long-awaited Benedict Cumberbatch interpretation of the fine doctor. Yep. Uh, what did you think of that trailer? Meh. Just uninteresting. It's boring. It's literally just all act one bullshit. And that's it? Like, and, like it's not interesting, that's all. It's, I, it tells me nothing about the movie. It tells me nothing why I should be interested in it. And granted, it's a teaser, but other teasers do more than this, and... I don't know, I mean, like, it's cut in a way that makes you think they're taking it more seriously, but I remember the Thor 2 trailer, the first one, looked tight as fuck. You know, with, like, uh, Christopher Eccleston looking like a badass and, like, part of London straight up getting fucking destroyed, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, shit's actually getting real in this one, and then that was that movie, or the Iron Man 3 trailer, like, the first one being all about his, like, PTSD and shit, and then, uh, and the Mandarin being such an evil badass, and... That was that movie. Then we saw Iron Man 3. Uh, And then the Winter Soldier was shaping up to be a really great uh, Captain America movie. And then, well, we all know what we think of that movie. And the first Age of Ultron trailer made Ultron look like a really intimidating evil villain that was actually going to be a threat. And then he was Joss Whedon. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the trailer wasn't bad. I won't say that, in my opinion. I know you think it's more barftastic. But... I don't know, it's just, I don't care. Like, I, I, Marvel really needs to win me over, because I see this trailer, and even though there's no hint of anything, I immediately go, okay, so uh, Doctor Strange is going to be making a bunch of jokes here, this character's going to be making a bunch of jokes here, uh, they're going to reference the Infinity Gem here, and there's going to be a really shit-lame villain. Now we got Chuate Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. Yeah, okay. And Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. That, mm, hmm, hmm. When they, made, when they cast her, I was I was very 
Mm, about that. Then watching this trailer, it's like, okay, cool. You So you wanted to try to do the whole uh, representation angle. That's n- never anything wrong with that. It's fine. If you want to try to change some stuff to get better representation for either you know minority roles or women, fine. I, norm- I, I usually prefer you cast appropriate for the character, but if this is what we're going with, fine. Okay. So Yeah, I don't mind Tilda that too much for movies. They, yeah. they picked Tilda Swinton, who's already a rather androgynous looking woman. Yes. With a pretty, kind of, you know, rather deep voice. So they, all they do is just shave her head and put her in a co- put her in a you know a little gi costume. Mm-hmm. So why? Why why'd you cast her? Stupid. Can't... I, I mean I just it just I was already salty and then she just looks ridiculous. And she so does. It's made me more salty and I still I. Hmm. I can't wait to see um how they talk about how Doctor Strange isn't magic and it's just dimensions and science. I can't wait for it. Everyone's like, oh, they're introducing magic. I'm like, why don't you wait to see the actual film? Because knowing Marvel at this point, they've had many opportunities to introduce magic, and everything's just science. It's just science. You just don't understand it. It's just a different form of science. Yeah, no. If you want magic, you're... (sighs) The first time you're getting real magic in one of these, like, big comic book films is going to be Suicide Squad with the Enchantress, because they ain't going to fuck around with that. Nope. They're always saying she's a fucking witch. Yep. Yep. There we go. Uh, so I didn't quite care for it. No, all the imagery. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's a rip off. But all the imagery is clearly inspired by Inception, and it's just what the, that's just what they're gonna have to deal with. People calling it rip off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just need to see more. I I wanted a trailer of just something simple of just uh, Cumberbatch as Strange doing magic, cool, and, like all these promo images for like, Entertainment Weekly. He's like fucking casting spells and shit with hands. I want to see that. Show me some cool shit. I I need to be won over at this point because. I just, I, uh, as I keep saying, not including Guardians, which I will say I liked, I, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Aside from that, I haven't really loved a Marvel film since Captain America the First Avenger. And, like, I liked Avengers, but I've been consistently disappointed with Marvel for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. I just can't get excited for Marvel movies anymore. They need to win me over. And, of course, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot for. You know, as as other people have said, like, oh, so you think Winter Soldier's bad, but Batman v Superman's good? Yeah, okay. I'm like, I mean, th- I don't mind that you don't agree with me, and I understand that I'm in a minority with Winter Soldier, but fuck. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I feel about all of these movies consistently, because they all feel like the same movie. That's not a good thing. I mean, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad are not going to feel like the same movie, and I think that's better. Yep. But we'll talk to them about Suicide Squad here in a little bit. Uh, a little bit of Spider-Man news, um, which this also factors into like sequels. So out of you know, Guardians of the Galaxy two isn't even out yet, and Paul, and Kevin Feige has already confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy three is coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are now we have a Spider we have Spider-Man Homecoming coming out, and plus the animated film coming out. Which Spider-Man Homecoming, Jesus Christ, that logo looks horrific. It looks like it's uh, the 1960s cartoon. Like, uh, that should be Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Iceman and Firestorm. Firestar. Yeah, whoever, whoever okayed this, and if they're going forward with it, please, just come on. Really? Uh, anyways, um, but no, the sequel stuff, it's like, <laughs> I was reading some comments and stuff, and a lot of people are making the joke, like, where's Inhumans? When's mm-hmm. that come out? 2047? It's like it's like where's in humans? Where's Captain Marvel? When's this? I mean, I guess they're they have a director. Are they? I think they're filming Black Panther now. I don't I don't know if they are, but mm-hmm. it's just like where are these other movies? Yeah, you, you guys try. You, you guys were at, like you know the studio and fans were doing this big you know big chest puffing scene about how oh 
we're going to have the first female-led superhero film. Look, we have Captain Marvel in the slate. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, with well, that case getting pushed back, that, where's that at? You haven't cast anybody for it, as far as anybody knows. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we're, you know, it's just like, every, everything gets pushed back just for more sequels, for films that aren't even out yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Guardians of the Galaxy 2 isn't a bomb. No. But what if it did? You know what? You, I, you, Steve was mentioning when we were kind of getting ready for the show. In the height of the slasher era, Paramount and, you know, New Line in places would at least wait until the film was out before starting production on the next film. Yeah, and like, granted, they started production immediately a lot. But they still waited till it was fucking out. To and they waited to make sure it actually made money. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you don't want to, because pre-production is expensive. It is. Especially when you sign contracts and stuff. You know, a lot of stuff, it's, you know, you're, you're paying these people, whether or not, whether you shoot or not. Like when it came to, uh, I believe it was Batman Forever, uh, Marlon Wayans was cast to play Robin. They returns. didn't go that direction. He's, what? Ret- it was Returns. Okay, Batman, okay. Oh, that's right, for Returns. <laughs> I think it's Marlon Wayans, right? Yeah, it or was. was it Damon Wayans. Marlon, okay. Uh, whatever. Oh. One of the Wayans. One of the Wayans <laughs> signed on to play Robin. They didn't go with that. He still got paid, even though he didn't wasn't in the movie because he was under contract. So and, you know, if what happens if one so, you know, what happens in this big proverbial bubble people talk about with the you know all the superhero films get released, even though there's probably a tiny there's a small handful everywhere in reality. If that bubble bop pops and audience numbers drop and like people just have no interest in these movies anymore, you are in a lot of money because Marvel is, has tons of stuff in production. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this, this could also go for DC, you know, but they're not. It doesn't seem like every week there's just like another movie, another movie, another movie. Well, the other thing production. with uh, DC is that like Marvel Studios is owned by Disney, mm-hmm. um, but like for the longest time it was just Marvel Studios by itself, um, and they still were like trying to have this like huge grandiose plan and stuff um warner brothers is not just making superhero films you know so like even if batman v superman bombed which it was never going to and fuck you fucking haters it's not a bomb it dropped i absolutely admit that it dropped still is making a bunch of money yeah um they have other movies that come out all the time making profits and stuff Mm-hmm. Like in Marvel Studios, you know they're they're backed by Disney and they got Disney support, but they're still somewhat like self sufficient in that sense. Yeah, like if they start bombing, uh, you're gonna see Disney change a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so move. I guess uh, switching around a little bit. Speaking of Disney, just a we'll segue into that here. Uh, we got confirmed Peter Pan reboot. Yay! Coming out with the from the director Pete's Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon isn't even out yet. Mm-hmm. And we already have like this director signed on to something. I mean, but the movie's bad. I mean, I we've talked about this since the podcast started, really about like all these live action reboots of Disney films. Mm-hmm. But they keep making money. I don't know. People want them. I guess I don't know. I feel like what, what we've had. We had Pan, but Pan wasn't by Disney, obviously. But that was a, still another Peter Pan film, and that bombed horrifically. Horrifically. And like everything since Hook has bombed pretty bad. So it makes me really wonder why. They keep trying. That one in the early 2000s didn't bomb, but it wasn't, like, a huge success. Well, it doesn't... It, it just factors into, like, I just don't know why they think it's such a well to keep going. Just keep putting out your fucking Tinkerbell direct-to-DVD movies. Which are great. And they make a lot of money for them. And merchandising and the dolls and everything. It's like, I just don't understand why they feel like that to keep going back to this live-action well. But they, they're remaking all their animated classics as live-action films. Uh, some people have, are, are already blowing their load about Jungle Book. I... 
it's not for me, so I have no real room to talk. It didn't look any. It didn't look interesting at all to me from the trailer. But I mean, I'm a Disney freak, and I agree with you. I'm just like, oh, whatever. I've never cared about the Jungle Book. So I mean, we'll see if that, that how well that does. But early scores, everyone's like, it's like Avatar. I'm like, why is that? That is not praise. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That's I mean, a horrible yeah. thing. Yeah, Avatar made money, but no one has anything good to say about it anymore. Nope. It is not aged. I mean, which is still when Cameron's sequels come out for that. But uh, moving on to some DC stuff. Um, oh, oh yeah, this is a somewhat uh, random, but since it's in the middle of this, um, I'll just mention it. I saw someone try to knock Batman v Superman by uh, saying uh, WB. Uh, sorry, uh, DC is WCW and Marvel is WWF, and I laughed at that because I agree with them, but not for the reasons that they were claiming. I'm just like, well, when, when, when was that? Because if you're talking early '90s, like WCW came to start kicking Marvel's ass. That, I mean, that's they, how, that's how I agree. that's how I agree with it. It's like, oh, so you're saying DC makes generally better stuff, but for some reason WWF is popular because it's kind of funnier. Yeah, I mean that's how it was for a long time. Like <laughs> yeah. there was really good wrestling on WCW, but in like the you know, early 90s was mismanaged and they got bought by Turner then they you know they kind of fixed some things and they were like stomping WWF's ass mm-hmm. and everything else and it really it was really when um Turner sold the brand when AOL and uh, time uh, not time uh, it's basically Turner and AOL merged and then they really changed WCW and that really is what mm-hmm. caused all their problems but I think at that time there was just a lot of changes anyways to the industry but either way that analogy is so silly mm-hmm. so so silly uh, but DC stuff. Uh, first off, that new Suicide Squad trailer, and it's super good, guys. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of positive praise being heaped on it. Yeah, so, uh, it's a. I think it is a much stronger trailer than the previous one, and the previous one was strong as fuck. Totally. Um, so I can't wait for this movie. I really can't. Still not at all revealing who the villain of the film is, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks Enchantress. A lot of people are saying Enchantress, but then, like, Rick Flagg is also directly talking to Enchantress, and, like, she's the one helping Flagg at times. Uh, so, so, so I'm curious. We'll have to I'm wait really, and see. Yeah. I'm really interested to find out what's going on it's there. It's not Joker. Joker is a villain, but he's definitely not the villain. No, totally. I think he's... I think he's... I still think he's going to play a minor part. He's just in a lot of the advertising because the Joker. Why wouldn't you advertise the Joker? Absolutely. And, oh my god, the Joker's perfect in this trailer multiple times. Yo, it looks, I, it looks I, pretty cool. I love his bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, then we also have some stuff that apparently, uh, Warner Bros. confirmed that uh, Ben Affleck will be writing and shooting the next Batman film. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I'm That'd be great. I'm really curious what the story is going to be. I don't, yeah, we'll see. Because it could be anything. It could be a prequel. It could take place after Batman v Superman. It could be anything. I'm very curious. Totally. I'm really looking forward to see what goes on with that. Um, oh, and then, I uh, sorry guys, a little jumped around here, but, uh, seeing Suicide Squad, uh, David Ayer did come out and say... That the whole rumors with the humor stuff was wrong. Which it's was obvious. Yeah, which I think we were pretty pretty sure about. I mean, because the funniest thing is that, like, the source that claimed, like, the original source that all the other websites were linking to, like, I found the original website that everyone else was linking to, mm-hmm. and their sourced claim was that they talked to the guy who cut the trailer together who said this stuff. And, like, I'm not a big shot, but I work in the fucking industry. There's two types of people that cut trailers. Either A, it's a marketing team that has nothing to do with the movie, which means they wouldn't fucking know if that's all the jokes or what the reshoots would be for. So that's mm-hmm. bullshit. Or it's like Ayer and like his own editors and like people that are close to Ayer cutting the trailer. 
And they wouldn't say that shit even if it was true because they they would be that tight with the production. So, like, yeah. this story was bullshit from the start, but because it fit everyone's fucking vision of DC scrambling because Batman v Superman wasn't quite as successful as it could have been, obviously yeah. it's DC losing its mind. Yeah, totally. And I think we even called that when we were talking about it last week or whatever. It's just like, no, probably not that. But then he came out and said, no, it's uh, Warner Bros. likes what they're seeing. They want him to do more. Yep. So they're letting him do more. So he's doing more, yeah. And that's great. I mean, everyone says, like, oh, man, Warner Bros. like being headstrong, not changing things, even all this stuff. It's like, well, the movie's making plenty of money. Yeah. You're making you're making enough. And everyone's like, oh, no, 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 it's what's to make Avengers money. So it's not how you can't possibly say it's making enough. Well, when, like, the major executives at the studio are coming out and saying, no, we're, 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 happy, we're confident and we're happy with what we're seeing. Yeah. That that means they're confident and they're happy with what they're seeing. They're not trying to blow a smokescreen, so. Yeah, seriously. Clearly, clearly they're going to do their thing, and I, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're at the two-week mark, and they've made $300 million. Yeah, on top of International. I mean, the film's doing fine. International is almost at $800 million. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's slowing down, so I'm not sure if it's going to make a billion, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's only week two or three at this point, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it made, it's made more than Man of Steel made. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's good. Your sequel film made more money than the first film. That's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, wrapping up news here, getting close to it. Anyways, a uh, little bit here. Hanna-Barbera Hanna, Hanna Cinematic Universe is coming. Finally. Finally. You know what? I am I'm a lifelong Hanna-Barbera fan, so whatever form this takes, I'm sure I'll be there to see it. No, agree. And like other people pointed out, and I mentioned, like, Hanna-Barbera already had, like, a combined universe for most of its years, between, like, crossovers and just random fucking special guest appearances of other characters. Yep. So, like, this isn't out of the ordinary. It's not weird. Nope. It's just, you know, go, you know, they already have this kind of thing there, so why not go for it? Uh, the first film that'll be kind of introducing this is Scoob. Uh, that's a dumb name. That is a, an acronym. I, I don't know what the acronym stands for. It stands for Scooby something. I don't know. I don't care. I I, you know what? Animated Scooby-Doo <laughs> film. If it's good, it's good. I hope so. I hope it is good. I hope they uh, save WrestleMania again. Uh, oh my god did you see like the the, the 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 sequel to surfs up no is is wrestlemania themed oh it's, it's like wrestling themed so there's like a bird that's like undertaker there's a bird that's like john cena oh okay yeah i know i i i, I kind of slipped my mind i like that that blew my mind when i first saw it uh speaking of blowing my mind last bit of news for today so we can get on to our main discussion of topics rogue one trailer a star wars story it was a trailer for a Star Wars prequel. Looked good to me. I mean, it looked fine. I just don't... I mean, it looked cool because it's a different take on Star Wars, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But, like, <laughs> I don't like the idea of them continuously making these movies that are like, oh, this is the 30 minutes that happened between these two movies that we already made. Like, I don't want a young Han Solo. I don't want another Boba Fett movie. I don't need a movie that shows me how they got the Death Star plans. You know, there's an entire fucking galaxy with millions of characters. Show me something that I haven't seen yet. Well, I mean, admittedly, I do want a Boba Fett movie. Because they, they could continue that story. I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying. You know, I, I, I agree with the Han Solo, young Han Solo film. I don't think anybody wants that. Mm -hmm. Hell, do an Obi-Wan Kenobi film with Ewan McGregor. Everyone wants that. Yeah, I agree with that. 
everyone, I think everyone agrees that Ewan McGregor was probably the least bad, probably, no, no, sorry, the least bad, the best thing about the prequel films. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, he did the, he, I think he came out of that most unscathed. Uh, and I think that'd be cool. But, you know, no, back to Rogue One, it looks cool to me. For doing this anthology series of stories, yeah, tell me about the stories about the, the group of rebels that stole the Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. Apparently the film, it's going to be great. Apparently we're going to see more Darth Vader, which is cool, because obviously there are, like, you know, suit limitations of what they could do with Vader in the, in the original three films. Yeah, I think Vader in this movie is going to be like Vader in the video games. So fucking badass. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that, honestly, and I think... Uh, I mean, I'm Forth down Whitaker, for parts of it, you know. I, you know what? I, I'm down for a Star Wars film that isn't centered around Skywalkers. I agree with that, though. There's a Skywalker in it, but it's not about them. It's about these other people. Yeah, I agree with know? that. I, I'm I'm super excited for it. Plus, we get AT-ATs again, regular stormtroopers again. You know, I'm talking about nostalgia for Force Awakens. This trailer had way more nostalgia going for it for me, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited, and I, I've said I'm excited just because it's different. It's something different. It's a new take on doing these Star every, every Star Wars film, except besides the Clone Wars animated film. But live action Star Wars films have always been like this big, you know, story about the Skywalker family, like all these like center, you know, big centerpieces. And now we get to have this thing that's like, no, here's this little. Little different story take. I'm, I'm, these anthology films have me really excited to see where they go and what they do with them. Except for the, the the young Han Solo film, I don't have any interest in that. None. I mean, you know, it could come out. It could be great. I don't know. I'll go reserve judgment. But just on paper, I my interest is low. Give me a give me a bounty hunter movie. Mm-hmm. IG eighty eight movie. I mean, or just anything. Just give me a movie about like give me an anthology. Give me an, an anthology anthology movie. Mm-hmm. So make the anthology movie for the Star Wars series be an anthology movie about the different bounty hunters. And, like, maybe, like, they're like all out to find, like, one person, but their paths kind of cross. That'd be cool. So you're, you're seeing, like, what they're doing in each individual. Kind of like Rat Race. Yeah. Rat Race is a bunch of little skits. And it kind of is an anthology film. Like, you'll follow, but you mean you'll follow people a little more often than that. Make it, like, make a bounty hunter movie like that. Rowan Atkinson can play Boba Fett. Rowan Atkinson as Dengar. Oh my god, yes please. Actually, that wouldn't be bad casting. That wouldn't be bad at all. But no, get like, you know, Forlom and Zuckus cruising around, and you get IG-88 flying around, Dengar, Bosk, everyone just like out to get their own hunt, and you can, you know, throw in some other bounty hunters from the extended universe. Mm -hmm. So, do it. Do it now. Yeah. Speaking of doing it now, and Arnold impersonations, we gotta get on to our movie for this week. And that is the 1982 film Conan the Barbarian. He is barbaric. Two hours, nine minutes, rated R, directed by the great John Milius. A vengeful barbarian sets off to avenge his tribe and his parents, whom were slain by an evil sorcerer and his warriors when he was a boy. This vengeful guy is going to get revenge. He's going to get revenge. Steve, when you think of fantasy films, what... what for you is your like definitive go-to like all-time favorite fantasy film legend that's a good that's a good one <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one uh now when you say legend do you uh do you prefer like the orchestral like european score or the uh tangerine dream united states score uh whatever one i watched as a child on vhs because i haven't the, seen the, the other version the tangerine dream version <laughs> okay I can't stand it. <laughs> I haven't seen the other version yet. I may agree with you. The other version is more just a regular orchestral score. But I need to get the Blu-ray still. That's one of my biggest regrets in life right now is that I still don't own Legend on Blu-ray. 
That's fair. I saw it. I got to see a, a, a 35 millimeter print of it a couple a year or two ago. That's amazing. In Chicago, it was great. It was gorgeous. Except that damn score. Did they? Uh, God. What about is the song when she's dark and dancing still the same? Or I believe so. Okay, I because that was I, because I remember that song being really haunting and good. So I would be bummed it's, if that it's was been a while. if that was changed. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, it's been a while. So, but for me, it is Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Conan the Barbarian is, like, growing up, this was, like, my definitive go-to when I think of fantasy films, when I think of, like, what I think of, like, my perfect fantasy film is, it's Conan. Okay. I get... so that's why I'm really excited to talk about today. Great. So, uh, Steve, what do, what do you think about Conan the Barbarian? I'm not really into fantasy films in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to get into something... And this was a film that I really appreciated, but it, there was also also times when it's losing me, and not at faults of it being of the story or anything, because it's a very well made film. Mm-hmm. It's very well made. It's very tight. Every scene has a reason to be there, but there's just times where I'm just like, "Hey, he's, uh, he's, he's magic shit happening. He's killing this guy. Okay." <laughs> and then there's times when it's awesome, and I can't really explain, you know, why some scenes got me and why some scenes didn't. Um, I'm going to on the, the what's going on in the scene, the action. I mean, the film is a slow burn. It is a slow burn, but not in a bad way. You know, the no, the, I, the film was not did not turn me off because it was a slow burn. You know, I've talked about it before. Some slow burn movies turn me off in a big way. This movie did not, not for that reason at all. You know, totally. I thought the pace of this film was very much, uh, very much what it should have been. Yeah, I feel I, it's it's slow but brisk. It's hard to describe. I feel like. What's happening might seem slow, but I feel like every shot and every scene is so full of imagery. Agreed, yeah. Like, there's so much to look at. Like the the this film is gorgeous, beyond gorgeous. There's so many great shots. Um, if we could just jump right into positives, I mean that's that's where for me, like there's tons of amazing shots in this film. One of my like go to shots of the film, I think, is just fantastically beautiful. Is uh, the going into the finale of the film really when conan's on the beach just you know after he's been resurrected just holding his sword the way it's shot the wind's blowing his hair you see the uh, like the ocean in the background the sandy beach he's just like fl- holding the sword doing his swings and stuff that shot's great it's a great shot um the shots at the beginning of the film when uh thulsa doom's army is uh, you know coming to raid the village of you know conan's village like that's gorgeous. Uh, and accompanying this is the score of the film. The score is fantastic. By the incredible Basil Polidaris. Uh, Polidaris. I, I, I'm terrible pronouncing his name. Uh, let me see if I can read If I read it. I'm, oh, yeah. Basil, yeah, Basil, Basil Polidaris, who did uh, Robocop and a, a whole number of other stuff. His score for this film is badass. Mm-hmm. And great. Like, at the same time, it's like, you have these badass, like, like the... I think I believe it's the um, Anvil of Crom. I think is the opening song for the film. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it. To be honest, I've read the the t- tracks for the soundtrack, um, and uh, it's just like this, you know, deep uh, uh, brass instruments. You've got fucking drums beating. It's just as these armies are just fucking tearing across. But then you also got these little moments of like, you know, uh, quiet like softness. Yeah throughout it so you kind of like see like armies coming and you see like this 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 village of people just living their lives peacefully not knowing like what's coming towards them and stuff so between the the visuals and the the sound at all mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's poetry you know it rhymes at least we hope it will <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, and uh, it goes without saying, obviously, this is probably one of the the major stepping stones for Arnold's uh, acting career. For sure. Because uh, he, uh, before this, did, of course, um, you know, Hercules New York and Pumping Iron. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know what else, I think that's about it, actually. At, the, I think at this, this was, point, yeah. Yeah, he'd pop up in some TV stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. In 79, he was in The Villain. Oh, right. The villain playing handsome stranger. If you haven't seen the villain, people, it is interesting. <laughs> interesting. Starts good... Kirk Douglas. Basically, Kirk Douglas plays a good, like a good boy cowboy, trying to steal this woman from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's playing handsome stranger. But handsome stranger, this is a you know an idiot. Mm-hmm. So this woman wants nothing to do with them. So she runs off with Kirk Douglas's character. It's kind of funny, but yeah. But no, yeah, like Conan, but this film is like definitely his like big jumping off point. And you know, for being like his first, I would say like real acting, acting role, like where it isn't kind of in some kind of schlocky crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for as little lines as Schwarzenegger has in the film, uh, I think I feel like his acting is really good. I think it's solid in this. I think a lot of it's all because a lot of it's fa- mostly focusing on just facial expressions. Yeah, and showing showing like you know between anger or sorrow or sadness all that stuff just with his face because obviously he doesn't you know like i said doesn't have a lot of lines in the film mm-hmm. besides you know and then when he does have lines like they work really well like it's like it feels right for the character and it like when he's um sitting with subatoy talking about um like gods like how subatoy yeah uh, what god Subite, do you yeah subatoy uh what yeah. what god do you pray to yeah he prays the four winds and He's they're sitting there like eating meat and just talking to each other. Like I think I feel like the between the the actors, um like over here to the other other screen, um uh, Sandal not Sandal Berman, uh Jor- um Gary Lopez, who plays uh Subate, like him and Schwarzenegger have a lot of good chemistry in this film. I definitely agree with that. I think their chemistry is fantastic. I super buy them as just good buddies. Totally. And and then same thing for chemistry, uh when uh, uh Sandal Bergman sh- shows up as Valeria. Mm-hmm. Uh her and Co- her and um Schwarzenegger also have a ton of chemistry as well. Fantastic chemistry, yeah. Yeah, so that's another big positive for me for the actors. And, you know, we're talking about chemistry. Jesus Christ, James Earl Jones as Tulsa Doom. With everyone. Yeah. I mean, Christ, he's only, like, he's, like, has a bit in the beginning, and then he shows up, like, like midway through the film again. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, like, this, like, commanding presence, and, like, everything from there leading up to how the finale plays out. It's like, he's not in the film a lot, but... You don't, you know, you've had... You feel that he's there the whole time. Oh, totally. Like, you know his his looming presence, because obviously the film is just focused around Conan trying to find him and seek revenge. Mm -hmm. So you you start the film off with uh, Thulsa Doom's armies raiding uh, Conan's village and killing his father. His father, fuck Jesus Christ, gets, like, stabbed in the back of an axe and torn to shreds by dogs. Yeah. And his mother is standing next to Conan going to defend him, and Thulsa Doom just chops her head off right in front of Conan. Yep. And like this, you like your first introduction for this man is like you see this guy with long hair, like these blue eyes. Like he has kind of somewhat of a, uh, f- I don't know, friendly look. I don't want to say so friendly, friendly, but like he had this um, somber look. Or I guess where he, like it makes it makes uh, Conan's mother like calm and like put her sword down. And it's like nope, chop your head off. Yep. But then like later when you see him in the film, he, like, he's like this is fucking tyrannical madman. Who just has all the power in the world mm-hmm. and is, you know, telling people just to jump to their death and <laughs> at a yeah. win, at you a, girl a win, come so. to me, that's yeah. power. What a dickweed. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that, that's, I mean, there's a lot of good themes in the film, too. Like, obviously, at the beginning of the film, uh, Conan's father is telling about how they pray to Krom. And Krom just wants to, you know, the people to tell him, you know, like, the riddle of steel. And I like how that's that's introduced there. And then when Conan finally meet, you know, does get captured and meet and comes face to face with Thulsa Doom again, he's just he tells him what the riddle of steel is and how it is just, you know, that flesh is stronger than steel. Like, you can do so much more flesh than steel could ever do. Mm-hmm. Like, he talks about how, like, Thulsa Doom's actions have driven Conan to do what he's done after all these, you know, after 20 years of slavery and all this stuff. You know, a sword can do that. Right. And all this stuff. And then, yeah, he shows, like, he makes a, a basically a stunt woman just jump off a fucking, bow, you know, ledge into a fucking uh, pile of wood. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's power. But uh, I, I've been rambling on here. Um, any, 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 any other positives I haven't touched on so yet you'd like to talk about? Um... I enjoy uh, Subutai a lot. I think he's my favorite character in the film. That's totally fair. He's a lot of fun. And he's a lot of fun. I like uh, all of his dialogue. I like how how much he just stands next to Conan. Like, at no point... Like, Conan's badass, but at no point did I feel like his sidekick is this little piece of shit and Conan is the one that gets shit done. Like, Conan's entire team is all equal grounds, in my opinion. Oh, totally. They they fight as equals. They're all thieves. They all work together. Like, the, it's, it's very clear that they all have their parts. Like, Conan has more kind of brawn. Uh, Subate has more, like, I guess, dexterity. Yeah. Because he can, obviously he's the archer. He can just, you know, he's smaller. He can do some stuff there. Like, each, and then same thing with Valeria. Like, she factors in the same way where she's just as able as Conan, just as able as Subate. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have, they're all equals in this party. Like, it's, no, it's not the Conan show. Conan's going to do everything right now. Yeah, no. They save his ass quite a few times. No, absolutely. Um, they definitely they work together. Um, um, like when the oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just one of my favorite parts is uh, speaking of um, Valeria is one of my favorite parts is when they're escaping after kidnapping like the uh, princess bitch mm-hmm. is when she's falling behind and like it's kind of building up to the cliched bullshit of oh she's going to get captured by the bad guy and she's nope. getting chased down by two people and like two people show up in front of her so she puts down her sword for a second and it's just to reposition herself and she murders the fuck out of them. I mm. thought that was fantastic. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, yeah, she's just kicking ass. Like, she's she's dragging behind, and you're definitely led to believe that. Nope, just slice, slice, motherfuckers. <laughs> and it takes a fucking magic snake arrow being fired from Thulsa Doom to take her out. Yeah, it takes the big bad to take her out. Yeah. And even then, she comes back as a Valkyrie for a scene. That's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Valkyries. Uh, other positives. I love how uh the transition for time. Uh, so Conan gets captured as a child. He's put to work on this like giant slave mill, mm-hmm. and then like they just kind of you know do some trans you know transitions forward in time. It's like there's just like uh, less and less people there until it's like only him left. And I, I like to think that oh Conan got super ripped just by pushing this mill. I guess mm-hmm. twenty years of pushing this mill turns you into fucking like jacked. <laughs> This jacked monstrosity. Fuck off. He's the only badass that's able to survive is how I took him being alone by the end of that montage. Oh, totally, yeah. Like, his thirst for revenge and everything has just, like, driven him this entire time. He's, like, the fucking Hyborian uh, Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really dug that. And then, obviously, like, this, the introduction to this character. Like, all we know so far is his boy sold to slavery. Now we're going to show him becoming a pit fighter and just fucking beating the shit. Like, going from what is this to fucking bashing this guy's head into the wall 
And then from there, just how he becomes like more and more capable as a pit fighter. Mm -hmm. And then how he's just winning all this money. How he's like being bred. He's like being fed women to fuck and breed like more powerful fighters and all this stuff. And all these things. Um, and it's even, that scene interesting is interesting to me. Like, you, it could easily be written off as he just grabs his woman and rapes her. But no, it, 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 the filmmakers and the writers seem very intent on showing the, how he has some he's, civility to he's him. He's a decent guy. He's yeah, not a he good guy, but. Well, yeah, it's just that, it's that, well, this, you know, this, obviously elements of this do come into, like, Guy Gax when it came to D&D, like, the whole barbarian class and all that stuff came directly from Guy Gax going to see Conan the Barbarian and stuff. So, like, even when you're talking, like, alignments, like, Conan's chaotic good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a generally good guy, but he's going to just do stuff that suits him right. the most. Like, obviously, you know, going to... When you, we see things like um, him and, uh, and Subate being thieves, mostly they're stealing from Thulsa Doom's temple. Mm-hmm. And this stuff. So he's like stealing from an evil character, and he's taking on a task from a king to save, you know, taking on a good deed from a king to save his daughter, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's like he's he you have his own ends, but he's not necessarily going to do just you know fucking kill you know innocent people mm-hmm. exactly. necessarily. Yeah. So so in that scenes for sure, it's like you know, oh here's this woman. Well, you know, I'm gonna try to lay her down here, and be nice to her, and stuff. I'm not just gonna fucking fling her around. I mean, and... we we're still totally gonna fuck, but I'll be nice to her first. I'm gonna give you this nice, you know, this nice bearskin, you know, blanket here. I'm just gonna lay you down over here. And then, and, hey, how's it going? And uh, let's take this blanket off now. It's been, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been fucking trying to be nice to you for how long now? Like ten seconds, and you're not putting out yet, bitch. Uh, yeah, he seemed cool with it. She seemed cool with it. Yeah, she seemed cool with it. I mean, have you seen yeah. Arnold? <laughs> I mean, that witch, that witch one at all. Oh, that witch, hottest woman in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love scenes. I, I and that scene when I, I when I was growing up watching it, like, it, like even when I, like after years and not seeing it and rewatching the film, it comes out of nowhere. It seems weird, but also is really good at establishing the universe. Yes, I feel like he's now Conan's now free, and he's traversing this you know the the, the world and stuff, and he just like, hey, here's a hot lady inviting me in. And then she seduces him, and it's like, nope, this is a fucking witch. She fucking flings her into a fucking fireplace, and this fucking spirit like banshee like bursts out of the place, and it's like. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. I, I I like this scene a lot. I think the color it has good um good colors to it. And everything yeah, it's a lot of blues and reds and for sure. I, I know I like it. It's one of those like weird like non sequitur scenes, but I also feel helps just establish things. It helps establish magic is in this world. Oh, totally. Which speaking of magic, yeah, Mako as the wizard. Oh fuck yeah, Mako the wizard. Who is also the narrator? Narrator. Yeah, Mako the wizard's pretty badass. I like him a lot. I love him so much. He's not in this film a ton, but uh, he's he's very memorable. Very. Uh, and I love just I love magic in this universe because ma- magic exists and you can do magic, but it's not as simple as just casting. You know, just I guess what like high fantasy, like you know, uh, other like more D and D concepts, or um, I guess the Warcraft universes, EverQuest, that type of those fantasy realms mm-hmm. of magic where it's just cast a spell. This one's like. You know, putting screw like runes, drawing runes in Conan, doing a lot of like prep work, having to put him out overnight, have spe- like fight off spirits and all this stuff to be able to resurrect and heal him mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I, I, I just like I like low magic like that a lot. Agreed. I'll say one that really um may stuck out to me. I don't know if it's a positive for the right reason uh, because I I legitimately uh, like this movie overall. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a part of the film where there's a there's a very close close up of James Earl Jones and his eyes and then it mm-hmm. jump cuts to him with snake eyes 
And it was so silly that I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, it was just like this... In an otherwise very serious, straightforward film, and I know that was also supposed to be serious because it's leading into him turning into a snake man, which was also making me go like, oh, okay, he's a snake man now, that's neat. Um, the jump cut itself was just so silly and hilarious. Um, I love that. I love that jump cut. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I think for yeah, it's one of those, like, you know why they're doing nothing, it. Yeah, but, it. like, nothing else in the movie is that ridiculous. Everything else is, like, very, very straight, very, like, done very well, done, done in a smart way where it still has aged well. But that mm-hmm. jump cut... Not so yeah, much. The, the, yeah, totally. Yeah, that and his uh, his fake like, <laughs> clearly fake he- fake head turning into a snake. You know what? It's so ridiculous. But like the entire time they're in Thulsa Doom's like temple, it is ridiculous. Like there's like a a, a kitchen where they're cooking corpses. Yeah. It takes like eight men to carry this gigantic, ridiculously oversized cauldron yeah. to Thulsa Doom's throne room, where there's like an orgy going on. Mm-hmm. And all this ridiculous and they're sucking stuff. on hands out of the bowl because it's so yeah, good. Yeah, I know. It's like fearsome soup and it's just a hand. It's like, what is it? It's like, it's like everything in that like place is so surreal mm-hmm. that when he starts turning into a snake, I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah, I didn't doubt it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he turns to a snake. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> what we've been shown of Thulsa Doom, I don't, I don't, like, he's clearly, like, looks like he's meditating and, like, this is just what he do- does. This is what he does. I mean, he, he clearly has this gigantic cult of people that worship him. So, I mean, I don't doubt any of this. For a second, yeah. Um, even like speaking of giant snakes, like when they first sneak into one of Thulsa Doom's temples, and they go to that pit, and it's just like Conan's trying to steal this gem, and it wakens up. That snake looks pretty good. That snake looks awesome. Yeah, it's a really good practical snake that Conan just fucking like stabs to the mouth and lops its fucking head off. Yeah. Speaking of uh, lopping heads off, uh, the blood and gore effects in this film mm-hmm. are primo. Oh, absolutely primo. Great A gushing beauty. Yep, completely agree. Not like ridiculous like Tarantino, you know, grindhouse like modern like grindhouse spoof like spray, but like I don't know, like that arterial like you stab someone in the gut with a spear and it's like splurts like bleh. It just looks perfect. And the blood is that nice deep crimson, but not like fake uh, like paint blood that you get in some cheaper some of the cheaper slasher films. Mm-hmm. Like, their blood budget, and, like, what they did with the blood, they knew what they were fucking doing, and it looked great. Absolutely. Tra- translated perfectly. Like, there would be scenes um, where, like, when they're, they're attacking the temple, Val- uh, Valeria, like, decapitates a guy. Tons of, like, you know, sword slices across the belly. That, 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 like, like they're, only, they're on, like, one single cut. Like, they're cutting into people, and, like, the way they're getting the, the, the blood effects perfectly on point, it always it looks great. Mm-hmm. Like the whoever was doing the special effects in the film, everything set up perfectly. Yeah, completely agree. It looks it looks really fantastic. Yeah, and then when um one of the uh one of um Thulsa Doom's uh I think it's I think it's Rexor Rexor I think one of the two one of the two um basically uh Thulsa Doom's henchmen uh one it gets been paled to the chest mm-hmm. with a spike that looks great. Yep. Looks great. I, I really enjoy the entire like I guess not the climax climax when Conan actually kills Tulsa. Uh, but mm-hmm. the uh, when him and his buddy are fighting the entire like squadron of them, yeah. I thought that was a great scene. Uh, I, oh, it totally. I was. liked that it was a lot of like trap setting as opposed to just straight up fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of um, like stuff that was set up and it looked cool when it went off, and it was just it was a good scene. And you finally got to see him kill the two lackeys. The one kind of went out like a bitch, but I don't care. 
I like how he tricked him too. Uh, it's like he could have said that trick. Like, oh, here's your helmet. I'm gonna smash you with a hammer. Oh, there's a fucking sp- spike in my chest. Now. <laughs> oh I'm fuck, dead. yeah, yeah. And then the other one's just like a little actual legit fight. Which, oh man, that's the one I never. For some reason, it just never dawned on me before that the other henchman was carrying Conan's father's sword. Mm-hmm. And then when I, then he, you know, then that's ultimately, but which I also liked when it came for that. He broke out their sword in half. They picked up. He's like, I, I finally looked at. It. I'm like, oh. That's his father's sword. For some reason, it never dawned on me. I mean, I just wasn't paying close enough attention before. Yeah. And then what I liked most about that is that he then uses that same sword to decapitate Thulsa Doom. Yep. He's, he takes that, like, kind of broken sword and just, like, hacks into fucking Thulsa Doom's neck and then chops his head off. Yeah, fantastic. Instead of using his badass, you know, Claymore he's had the entire film, mm-hmm. he, just, he finally recovers his father's sword and exacts revenge. Yep. And a fucking brutal, amazing, amazing scene. Fucking just sneaks up on Thulsa Doom. Thulsa Doom thinks he's going to trick Conan and be like, no, 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 no. I am your father. And it's so funny. James Earl Jones saying, I am your father. Yeah, that was funny. uh, I'm your father. And Conan's like, no, motherfucker. Just like smashes the sword. Yeah, it's that bullshit of just like, if you kill me, it's it's the Batman logic of like, from Batman Forever. It's like, if you kill me, then like, I'm your drive. Like, I'm the reason why you fought so hard and came so, and have come so far. If you kill me, you'll have nothing left. So you can't kill me. And Conan's response is, Ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a. And I, what I appreciate so much out of that is in a lot of films and like in a lot of things in this film, like the, when they cut off heads, it's like one clean lop. No, this one it lets you fucking enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It lets you show that first, like chomp on the right side, chomp on the left side, and then knocks. You know, the head just comes. Then the head comes off. Mm-hmm. Conan just holds the fucking head up and it chucks it down some fucking stairs towards all of uh, Thulsa Doom's disciples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like ah, oh, it's so great because then like the cult is just like oh. Shit, uh, I guess our leader wasn't, like, all-powerful. So they just all dump their fucking, like, candlesticks and just walk off. And, like, a lot of people, like, especially the princess, kind of look at Conan so, like, look at this almighty figure. But even, like, still, he has this uh, look about him where he's like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm just Conan. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I love it. But, but backing up a little bit... um, my, probably like I think one of the defining scenes from the film, and one thing I love the most is the first time you really hear uh, Conan pray to Krom. Yes, right, but right before the final battle. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it so much because he's basically like saying, oh, "I don't pray to you very often, but help me on this day." But my, the like the best way to end a prayer and come off like a total badass is like if you don't help me on this day, Nick. then to hell to with hell you. you. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I pop hard every time. It's so great. It's so great. It's just like, help me, God. Or fuck you. <laughs> if you can't do this one goddamn thing This for one me, goddamn thing. Look at my entire fucking life. My family was killed. I was sold to slavery. My my woman who I loved, you know, just died. You can't do this one thing for me? Then get fucked. Yeah. That's such a that's it's great. <laughs> I love it so much. That's not that's definitely a thing that has come up a few times in stories, and I always think it's fantastic. It is. <laughs> it's so great. It's like you turn to religion, but you have to, you you know you basically challenge God to help you. Like you couldn't do it these times, you better fucking do it this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it yeah. And uh, speaking of Valeria, like I know we talked about her as an equal. I love just her as a character. Yeah. Because she's a badass female character in this film. She never feels like a secondary character. To anybody. She holds her own. Like cl- clearly, her and Conan are equals in their relationship, mm-hmm. and even like how the hu- I love the humanizing scenes for her because like a lot of the scenes between her and Conan, especially her doing the talking, talking about how she doesn't, you know, she does wants to, you know, maybe not do this anymore because 
the reason she had been alone for so long and all this stuff. She just never found anybody to be with. Now she was Conan, and she didn't want him to possibly die seeking revenge on Tulsa Doom. Yeah. And all this stuff. And when she comes back as the as a Valkyrie, I thought that was badass. That was badass. Just that one little moment that, like, hey, yeah, she's dead, but she's okay. Yeah. I even like the... It's kind of a... When um, they're going to use magic to heal uh, Conan after he's, after he's fucking crucified by Tulsa yeah. Doom... Uh, she even says like I, you know, Mako says the gods will expect a high price for for saving him, and she's like, I'll gladly pay it. And then when she dot in, then she then she's like, know, God damn it! I told them I pay yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, well, hey, you know, it's even she's even she she realizes that when she gets stabbed by the, the magic snake arrow by Thistle Doom, like, well, I, he was right. The gods would demand a high price, yep. and so she, you know, she dies. But you know, has it's a, it's a good death scene too. It's. It's very somber. It, it doesn't come off bad. And I like uh, Subutai crying for Conan. Yeah, I, I cry because he can't. <laughs> or rather, I, I cry for yeah, him. Yeah, because he won't. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, it's so great. It's very, very, very emotional touching a film that, like this. Um, I think this is another, I think this is a case of one of those films similar when we talked about First Blood. I feel like there's a pop culture perception of the film mm-hmm. as being a lot more, I guess, uh, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, there is some macho male bravado, mm-hmm. but it it, it, not really at the same time like obviously Schwarzenegger's a big you know, muscular guy and Conan's a big powerful character but it's not quite the film isn't quite centered around that mm-hmm. it's a lot more I think uh, psychological and like this this character developing and stuff it's never about like super it's not like uh, Commando it's not like the last fight scene in Commando between Matrix and um, and Bennett you know what I mean mm-hmm. Like, this film is like, no, he sneaks up, he fucking beheads the guy, and that's it. It's no, like, super, like, shirtless, ripped guys fucking having, like, ten-minute-long fight scenes. Like, oh, look at the muscles, look at the sweat, ugh, machismo. Similar to, like, we talked about First Blood, how, like, the Rambo franchise became a thing where everyone just thought it was, you know, Rambo just fucking gunning down Vietnam, Vietnam Viet Cong and stuff and saving saving um, uh, POWs and stuff. Yeah. Like, that film's a lot very heady about this man dealing with his PTSD and dealing with coming back to a, from a war no one wanted to care for him for. Right. So. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that in the film. I I, I kind of felt like that was a similar thing in Conan. No, Army. I I pretty much agree with you completely. Yeah. Because the film, like, when we, say, when we say it's a slow burn, like, there's a lot of scenes of him just crossing the tundra. Like, the, like where they shot the film is gorgeous. Gorgeous shots. A lot of great lighting. Great visuals. Great scenery. Um. And it's just him, like, exploring this world, developing as a free man, because obviously you spend, like, the first, like, you know, 30 minutes of the film just seeing his village killed, him sold into slavery, being a pit fighter, all stuff. Now it's like, we're discovering this world just as much as he is. Like, exactly, and yeah. come upon, like, the, their first, like, major city, and they're like, what is this place? Like, wow. It's like, they're just, like, blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Conan meets a camel for the first time, punches it in the face. <laughs> pretty fantastic. Then he, then he looks around and realizes he fucked up. He's like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh mine like wrapping up positives um uh just just like this like monologue scenes uh i like um uh max van sidow plays king osric mm-hmm. he's just talking about how you know they're um i think he says he's like there's a time when like the money doesn't matter anymore like all this stuff like he just wants his daughter he just wants the love of his daughter and wants his daughter back that's why he hires conan in his group it's like, it's like, you know, he just has, he gives him like fucking like buckets and buckets of gems and jewels to do this mission. It's like, this doesn't mean anything. Just give me my daughter back. Mm-hmm. I'll make you rich enough to be kings in your own right. I don't care. Yeah. I like that scene. There's a scene. And I, 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 the, the whole monologue of him specifically saying like, 
you're going to, you know, one day you'll be king and all the power and everything will amount to you being alone in a, in a prison of a throne and all that you'll have left is the love for your daughter. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And like, yeah, I, I totally love it. But what, what, um, besides like the, the prayer right before the final battle, the, um, when Subatai and Conan are just setting up for the battle, like sharpening spikes and stuff, they're talking about the spring wind and stuff how like it has never gone away never left them but he can like he really sit you know sitting there recalling times when he's out with his father in the woods eating wild berries the green grass like that that scene it picks it paints a great picture yeah. between you know, I, I you know arnold's acting like reciting the monologue the way it's written mm-hmm. i was just some shit that's uh, sitting there um, during the shot like there's just you know a little breeze coming by they're you know uh, and you can see their hair moving and stuff just talking about the simpleness and how the longevity of, of the spring wind. and i like the uh the moment of Conan saying, "Like, hey, it's not too late. If you, you can go back to you know those those green fields if you want." And Supertie's response is just like, "Man, what's the point? It's just going to lead me back here anyway." I might see, I might meet one, someone worse might than be. you. <laughs> so, so good. I think, I think that's they, a, it's one of those, one of those funny. They're ones. good. It's a good friendship that I totally believe. Yeah, is totally. Supertie in the sequel? Yes. Okay. Cool. I I think it's a different. Yeah, back in like the '80s and stuff, they didn't care as much about getting the same actors maybe, back. Maybe, I, I mean, I can't remember if he was or not. I, it's been a while since I've seen the Destroyer because the Destroyer is not that good by comparison. I heard. I talked to my one buddy who's a huge Conan fan, and I asked him his opinion because, um, you know, most people don't like the Destroyer, and I asked his opinion, and he said, "I know a lot of people don't like it, but I like it a lot because it reminds me of uh, Legend of Zelda film where Link did a bunch of steroids." <laughs> and I'm just like, well, now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really about it. It's um, just trying to see. It's, oh, whatever. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think he. I think he ends up meeting like a new thief, and it's kind of like why? Why couldn't you just get the uh, old thief back? Yeah. But but we also have Grace Jones in the sequel. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty great. And then uh, of course of course Conan also pops up and runs Red Sonia. Fuck yeah, Red Sonja. That that one is more objectively not a good movie. Oh, that's too bad because I like the character Red Sonja. I mean, check the movie out. I think it's um um uh uh Bridget Nielsen. Okay. Is that is that like the big like the big muscular chick that was dating Dolph Lundgren? You are asking the wrong guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, ha ha. I can remember names today. She also dated dated uh, Flavor Flav for a VH1 series. Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers that. Uh, so, I mean, we've been gushing about po- positives. Uh, is there any particular negatives you'd like to talk about? Um, I mean, not, like, there's not any direct negatives. Again, this is one of those movies, and it's happened, like, five other times in our career doing this podcast, where, like, a movie is solid and it's made well, and there's not really anything wrong with it, but it just doesn't super jive with me, and I can't put my finger on why. That's fair. Um, yeah, because, like, uh, every... Almost everything in this movie is very much spot on, and anything that isn't isn't really a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know stuff that isn't as good as the others, but it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. There's not really anything that sticks out um, from the top of my head. What about you? Not really. Same for me. Like I, for me, like when I say definitive fantasy film, like from beginning to end, there's really nothing that really I find it's a negative. I think everything serves its purpose. It's there for a reason. And it's just a, you know, I don't, I don't want to like dump that. Oh, it's a perfect movie. I just, there's like, there's really no faults in the film for mm-hmm. me. Like I'm there from beginning to end for the entire ride, and everything works for mm-hmm. 
Uh, I guess uh, partial negative but partial awesome is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's commentary for the film <laughs> with John Milius. Okay, what's that like? Oh, well, the beginning's great. Because, like, when you see, like, young Conan as a child, Schwarzenegger's like, oh, he looks like he's wearing lipstick. <laughs> the beautiful self. Like a little Richard, like a little Richard Simmons, but we know, we know he ain't having kids. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not like that. You I mean, you've seen clips before of him, like, how his commentary for, like, uh, uh, Total Recall is him just describing the scene that's going to happen. It's like, oh, yeah, and then I take the thing and I throw it to the man. Like, it's really, like, the, the, most of the commentary is just like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny. I mean, it's it's Arnold watching a movie he clearly hasn't seen in years with the director just, you know, trying to talk about yeah. stuff. Those those commentaries are usually the funniest. So, uh, any any parting thoughts before we get into star ratings? Uh, I mean, solid movie. I think that if you are a fan of fantasy films, it's a must-see. Uh, if you're not a fan of fantasy films, I mean, I'd say worth a watch, but not a rush out to see it right the second. Yeah, totally. This film is, uh, I mean, if you're a fan of fantasy films, you owe this film a lot of credit. Yeah. Because this film really is what kicked off the fantasy craze, you know, for better or worse, mind you, of the of the 80s. Uh, it was this film right here. Because, like, obviously the Italians adored it. So, obviously, you have a bajillion fucking sword and sandal, mm-hmm. you know, Conan ripoff films. Either like uh, Throne of Fire. Uh, one that's actually a personal favorite of mine called Sorceress. Mm-hmm. That one actually kicks, that kicks a lot of ass. Um, but I mean, um, just, uh, oh, the, 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 uh, not Death, uh, Death Stalker, I think that's the name of it. There's like a, several of those films. Um, I'm blanking on a lot of the other ones, but you know, there's just, there's a megaton of fucking those type of movies that just persist all throughout the years, which is so funny. Cause it's like the, like the popularity of the franchise, I mean, that franchise, the genre is so huge, but after Destroyer, it seemed like there was just nothing else like for the Conan stuff. Mm-hmm. The only thing we got like that, we got Destroyer, we got the Red Sonja film. Those didn't do financially super well. Um, unlike Conan, Conan did uh, very well at the box office. Uh, $16 million budget, pulled in $130 million. Did okay. <laughs> did, did very okay. <laughs> Even then, like, $16 million budget, woof, that is a great looking film for such a for such a low budget. I mean, 82, yeah, that might seem like a lot, but there's still, there's some films being made for a lot more than that that don't look nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, by comparison, so I mean that, that's pretty rad. But then uh, obviously, like recently, we had the remake film with Jason Momoa that didn't quite hit the mark. And there's been like, I feel like there's been years and years now of uh, Schwarzenegger talking about doing King Conan. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I feel like there, apparently there's a script. It's done. It's I just don't understand why it's taken so long to shoot it. I mean, I thought when stuff like Lord of the Rings and all these other films, like more high fantasy films were really popular that some studio would go, okay, well, I think it's time now to, you know, continue, you know, do more Conan, mm-hmm. especially when uh, Schwarzenegger got done being governor. I thought for sure we'd finally be like, okay, cool. He's done. We can do our King Conan movie now. At least, at least put that like button on this, on the franchise. Mm-hmm. Cause I know he's been talking about wanting to do it. I just don't understand like what, what's kind of the road. Yeah. Blocker. What's the block. So, so yeah, Conan, my my definitive fantasy okay. film. Uh, stay tuned. I'm sure Legend will come soon, sooner rather than Fuck later. Fuck yeah! I'm all, I'm always about I'm always down to talk about a film with Tim Curry. Uh, absolutely. And pretty well, gorgeous Tom Cruise. It's all pretty Tom Cruise before his teeth were fixed, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe when we finish Jason Statham, we'll move on to Tim Curry movies. Oh man, 
Congo. Uh, I mean, there's Can't the wait. problem is that with Tim Curry, there's like so many because Tim Curry was definitely a more of a working actor that was in anything that paid him. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's it's not like trying to do not trying like trying to do uh, Christopher Walken. Or right. Something, but. So uh, star ratings on Conan the Barbarian. Steve, what do you give uh, Conan the Barbarian? Uh, again, I super wasn't. I was not super into it, but it's a well-made film. Uh, nothing really wrong with it. Just uh, it didn't grab me. So I give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, well, in those cases, we respect the film, but it just doesn't necessarily jive. Yeah, good film, just, uh, you know, didn't love it, that's all. Uh, spoiler alert, I gave this film a five out of five. Six out of five from Bill. Six out of five. <laughs> six out of five. What's, that? What's, this? What's the sixth star for? Camel punching. <laughs> Camel punching. And buckets of blood. Buckets. Great. Well, if you guys happen to know what's the deal with King Conan, maybe you have to have a leaked script or something, why don't you just shoot us an email at moviefilmsatbillandcfl.gmail.com or, or just let us know on our Facebook or maybe leave a five-star review on iTunes. Just look at Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Guess what? The link to that is also on our Tumblr at moviefilmsatbillandsteve.tumblr.com. You can also find all that stuff there. All of our episodes are there. They're all neat, nice, neat, hit little like little hashtag stuff of Leo episodes. If you want to see all the quickie episodes, boom, they're all there. You want to see all the Jason Statham episodes, click that button, boom. A beautiful little list. You can listen to the like 12 hours of Jason Statham talk we have going right now. It's all there for your enjoyment. And if you want to have a more enjoyable, personable time with me, you can find me on Twitter at LovableBill. And of course, you know, if you folks want to contact me or check on my stuff, it's SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. Also, because I got conned into it by people, I now have a Facebook page for my cosplay and shit. Um, I don't really consider myself a cosplayer, but those people have more fans than I do, so let's try this. And that and Why that not? is Facebook.com slash the Amazing Spider Steve. I went with the Amazing Spider Steve because the acronym for Amazing Spider Steve is ass. So once the ass. So once I uh, check, once I get more popular, my T-shirts will 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 read "Check out the ass," and it'll be a picture of me looking behind. Try to make a QR code that's in the shape of a butt. Oh my god, yes, please. If I <laughs> if I can become the Dick Grayson of cosplayers, you know, I will just I'll walk around all all the day at conventions to Billy Gunn's Ass Man song. Be <laughs> <laughs> like Kramer's license plate in Seinfeld, Ass Man. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. And your partner is the digital recreation of Humphrey Bogart. <laughs>